Hey, this is Mike here from The Glue Guys. Probably sound like I am in an ocean. I am in upstate New York on vacation. This episode coming up is Brian and I talking about a bunch of the Brooklyn Nets free agent targets. We also discuss like Jeff Green and Blake Griffin and sort of the fringe free agent rotation pieces that the Nets currently have that may be on their way out along with uh, Bruce Brown. The reason why this episode is going to sound different is that Brian and I recorded one super long episode that we broke up into two parts. The first part is already out there. We, re- we released it last week. It had to do a lot to do with Spencer Dinwiddie. This episode is all about free agent targets. So please enjoy. And we're going to keep talking about free agency, trades, everything the Nets do to improve their team going forward. And welcome back. Oh, good to be back. Um, let's hit some of our emails. And again, if you want to jump in on the email sphere, netspod at gmail.com. Yes, Brian. I, I just want to hit the last little bit of MPL because this is a name that's going to come up here is Miles Turner. He says Joe Harris for Miles sure. Turner. A lot of people talking about Miles Turner. I think I wonder if this is informed by fantasy basketball because he Miles Turner is so disproportionately valuable <laughs> in because in, he hits threes is around eighty percent free throws takes up your center spot and is like leading the league by a, a wide margin of blocks so his fantasy value is intensely huge right people love and he's at the top he's at the top <laughs> one of the top if you're playing head to head categories you you are what you're monitoring Miles Turner but um, that's not the scoop on Miles Turner all the time. Uh, from a winning basketball games for the Indiana Pacers POV. Um, sure. And he, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I'd be fine. I'd rather have Joe Harris than Miles Turner because I think I could get I get some com- combination of centers that are pretty good, like a real center, and I have an idea in my free agent targets that we're going to hit quickly um, th- that like you don't pay that much for and you keep Joe Harris. So if I'm dealing Joe Harris, it better be for like – a real sturdy defensive wing who I know can pick up like any guy one through four Mm. and who can also shoot threes. Like I'm not trading him for a center because I think I can still get value out of center in a different way. There you go. Um, So no on my turn. We're keeping it moving. Moving. Um, Next up, Cherboy, Max Bray, AKA D Bronx. Um, Wait, no, sorry. That was somebody else. (laughs) Lol. Wait, is it? No. Who is it? Yeah. No, Max Bray. Um, said somebody brought this up in the discord. That's why I had that in my head. Um, shout out to the discord, by the way, invite in the Twitter bio in our Twitter bio. Go, go hop in the conversation. It's a little bit, we're, it's at the off season. So the messages aren't firing. We need you. We need you in there. Says Jeremy Grant. I know he's not a free agent. I know he's a borderline all-star and this would break the league, but damn, I would do something with something with Joe or Spence or any collection of non big three players. Blah, 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 to get him. Uh, it goes on. Thank you, Max Bray. Mike, we've talked Ben Simmons as the primary target. Yeah. Could you as easily insert a Jeremy Grant um, with with any of your sign and trade mumbo jumbo you've been talking? Yeah, I just don't. So the 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 Pistons are the number one, you know, the number one overall pick. They're likely to take either Cade Cunningham or Jalen Green. Both are ball handlers where Cade is more the guy that can actually run your offense to some degree. 
where Green is like sort of like a two-guard dynamo, athletic dynamo, who still would have the ball in his hands a bunch. So while I, I do think like Spencer makes sense for them, that's good. Joe Harris, I, I think they would have no interest in a Joe Harris where they are in their development. Like the Pistons still probably want to suck this upcoming season to get another high draft pick to go along with Sadiq Bay, who should have been a net, uh, Isaiah Stewart, and Killian Hayes and whoever they draft number one overall. The interesting thing about Jeremy Grant is, and I don't know if Bill Simmons was joking about this, but Bill Simmons said that KD and Jeremy Grant have been working out together in D.C. Mm. They had been or they have in the past. They're both from the same area um, in Washington, D.C. area. Um, So, uh, like, Jeremy Grant would be awesome. He's also very expensive for what he is. He's very good. I think that if he got traded to the Nets, the value that the Pistons got out of him, even though they they overpaid him initially, but then it looked like a good contract, he would diminish back to the guy he was in, with the Nuggets. And he's getting paid like $20 million a year. He's not worth it if he's just like your fourth player. He's worth it if he's your best player, which he is for the Pistons. So I don't see Jeremy Grant coming over here. Mm-hmm. Um and a part of the reason why he went to the Pistons is, and he said this publicly, that he wanted to be like the focal point of a team. And so I, I, I doubt that within that just one year that he's like, eh, actually, I'd rather be the fourth star. Behind, like, I never have the ball in my hands. Yeah. So I love the idea, though. And it actually would be pretty easy to be like Spencer and, you know, Spencer and something else. Spencer in our first round pick gets you, you know, Jeremy Grant. Right? That's easy. Uh, but I don't think it happens. Next up, sure boy, maybe, or girl, who knows? Sorrow in New Jersey. Sorrow, S-A-R-O. Um, Sarrow, Sorrow. Uh, says he, I, hey, I sent this DM to you guys on Twitter. Sorry we missed that, Sorrow. That's, that's, that's on <laughs> us. Um, as much as I love Joe Harris, doesn't it make sense that he is the one voted off the island? Um, so goes on to say that, um, you know, like what you could do with, with Joe hair, basically as, as what you could do with a Joe Harris deal. Right. And that Shamit, well, it goes on to say Shamit is 90% the shooter. He is in a better defender, younger, more aggressive and way cheaper. Um, some of that I agree with, uh, some of that I don't Shamit is for me as inconsistent as Joe Harris, if not more, um, so there's a yeah. whole, I mean, it, he is more, I mean, by, by every metric, ex- with the exception of this terrible meme that, that Joe Harris can't perform in big playoff games, uh, which Sarah makes some reference to here. So uh, has the Joe Harris situation crested? Are we, are we in an emergency? Pull the emergency <laughs> lever, smash the glass, turn the dial, flip the switch. What do we do, Mike? Are we, are we getting rid of Joe Harris? I think it's pretty close, but I don't think it's there. I don't think the glass has been smashed. I think the glass has been someone's breathing on the glass. They're making little smiley faces on it. You know, when okay. you breathe on it and you kind of like in, a, in an emergency, but they're not smashing it. Like the way that like before something really bad happens, you make you blow you blow hot air onto an emergency glass and and make emojis on it the way that people do. Yes, exactly. Yeah. The way people do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in case of emergency, yeah. make emojis yeah. Yeah. on this glass. Um, I don't think it's there yet. I think it's right there on the edge. And the only thing is we're not we're not going to learn about who Joe Harris truly is 
until the next playoff series, mm-hmm. right? Like, cause he's going to do, he's going to be amazing in, in the regular season. He's going to be one of the best three point shooters. He's going to have games where he shoots, you know, like six for seven from three and the nets like look amazing and all that stuff. Um, but we're not going to learn about, is this truly Joe Harris in the postseason until the next postseason? And that's kind of a scary thing to be, to be having that question looming over Joe's entire season. Um, now a lot of guys in the NBA have dealt with that and then have had good postseasons. So like, it's not, not like he's Chuck Knobloch where he has the yips. Mm. I don't think he's, I don't think he's at yip level, but he was so bad. And the one thing I do think the Joe Harris question kind of exposed is he's a better defender than what people believe, right? He's a better ball handler than what people believe, but really in the playoffs, he was horrible defending i think i i really i really strongly feel like he was not very good at all he offered nothing defensively he usually offers something he offered nothing in the playoffs um and he couldn't ball he he had no ball handling and the team needed they needed a they actually needed that that the joe that we used to see under kenny atkinson where like he would get the ball off of a screen not put up the shot but drive to the hole and score like why was that impossible for him to do in the playoffs um but I think they're gonna they're gonna try to they're gonna give it one more year with Joe. Well, the problem right? with with that, I mean, just to answer that last little bit was like by games three through seven, like they were kind of acknowledging like the the negative headspace that Joe was in and daring him to shoot the threes. Like they weren't trying to run him off the, the three point line, yeah. and that's his big. That's I mean, he's not like a fast person; he's just really a dangerous weapon from the three point line. That's what opens up the the driving kick game. Um, but that was not there. That they weren't closing out on him. The I the only I the reason that they would trade Joe Harris is and this is literally it is if Kevin Durant texted Sean Marks and said, "Sean, I don't think your boy Joey's got it," you know, and ba- basically he's like, "I don't have faith in him." These texts because, <laughs> yeah. but the, yeah, they yeah. they all you know they're still on text. They're not WhatsApping or DMing <laughs> yeah. on yeah. on Insta. It's it's all text in messages. the Discord. Could be the Discord. Um, in the Discord, they're on <laughs> Brooklyn Nets Discord. To, in, uh, what a in, wild place that would be! Yeah, talk to Sean um, Marks in the, like, in the Glue Guys Discord. Link in the in the Twitter bio. It, and, and I don't mean this in a nefarious way, but superstar players, when the pressure gets increased over the playoffs, you can see who they trust and who they don't trust. Now, like Michael Jordan didn't trust like any of his teammates for the longest time, right? So it's mm-hmm. like. And somebody had some really good teammates over his time in Chicago. He learned to trust Steve Kerr and Scottie Pippen, though. I don't want to get into the whole Steve Kerr, Scottie Pippen thing right now, but. Um, Scottie's Scotty, just it, letting it rip. I mean, that's I great. Love, yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's kind of great. Yeah. Uh, but also, I'm a little worried about him mentally. <laughs> like, okay, yeah. is he breaking down yeah. in front of us? <laughs> um, <laughs> Is this is this like a like a, an NBA version of the movie Network? Like is he like, <laughs> right. or or a more modern reference Joker? Like is he just mm. like yeah? Is, is he going to arrive on Robert De Niro's it's, talk it's, show? And, it's funny, and I'm, and I'm tired De of pretending it's not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, oh wait, I just spoiled. Damn it! People actually tweeted at me. I need to stop I, spoiling like, shows. The, like I super just spoiled earnestly. Joker for people, yeah. everyone who did. Yeah. Fuck. I'm sorry. Certain, how just, much responsibility do people have to be like, I was going to watch all of the movies and you can't talk about any movies anymore. Like I, I'm flipping it back know, at people. That Joker reveal is kind of a, it's, it's, it's a movie I mean, from five I, years I really ago. Joker, but it was two years ago. I think 
I don't know. I, I, that was not fair. I apologize. I'm not going to edit this out, but not fair to you, audience. I apologize. Um, what was I saying? Scotty Pippen. Oh, Scottie like Pippen. if Kevin Durant and James Harden end up just not trusting Joe Harris, then he should be traded. Mm-hmm. Because if they don't trust him, then he has no utility on this team. Mm-hmm. So Good. that's it. Hot but takes. I don't think he's there yet. Next up is, I'm going to say Asa, A-C-A. Asa? I'm going Asa. Petrovic, classic Nets name. Um, I know he has one left, one year left on his contract, but what do you guys think about Yusuf Nurkic uh, and if he is a realistic acquisition for the Nets? Um, Asa, it's a good, it's a good, it's, I like where your head's at in terms of need uh, because I think that that's a, a cool player to fit what we're doing. Mike, do you think in terms of, you're the business mind um, on the show. Sure. Does this make business sense for Yusuf and the Nets? So I love the idea of Nurkic. Like, I love the idea of, like, a devastating low post force just inserted on this offense. Like, just like a big, burly monster of a man. That's a bear. That's put a, into the middle. That's of, a bear man. Yeah. That's a big, that's a big dude. Um, I love the idea of it. I don't see what, like, so Portland's most effective lineups or CJ McCollum, Damian Lillard, and, and Nurkic when they're all together. And they've their Nurk has been hurt. The Nurk has been hurt many, many times. So like the the Trailblazers know that and they know that they're just gonna hang on to Nurk and hope that he's healthy. Mm-hmm. And if he's healthy, then they're a really pretty good team. Um the only way that he uh becomes available is if Damian Lillard pushes out and then they just trade everyone. And if that's the case, man, I would love Nurk. He he's not making he's making like twelve he's basically making DeAndre Jordan's salary. Yeah. And if you could like if you could cobble together some stuff, send it to Portland for Nurkic and just like manage minutes and just have him in for big for big series. Um, I ama- amazing. I would I would love like we love De- Sabonis like you and I Demona Sabonis that sort of like tough like mm-hmm. devastating offensive force down low. That's yeah. what I would want. I like how he sure. gets how he gets pink over time. DeMontis, that's part of that's part of the appeal too. Just watching the, <laughs> the level of pain. Next up, Cherboy Ryan Newman, aka D Bronx one four one four on the Discord. Shout out to the Discord. Um, says hello, guys. A name I've been looking at eagerly in free agency is. You ready for this, Mike? You ready for a ghost? Yes. Is Otto yeah. Porter Jr. In return for there helping go. him make hundred million plus over the last four years. Maybe the prodigal son will be open to returning home on an MLE deal, question mark? Feels like he could be that defensive shooty boy wing this roster sorely lacked this year. Um, There's another part to it, too, which I want to talk about, but let's start there. Mike, Otto Porter. Yes. Otto Porter is someone that I have been targeting Mm. um, for, for a long time. And here's what we have. I mean, we know that Sean Marks, he just can't he it's which character jake gyllenhaal or heath ledger in brokeback mountain he just can't quit uh mm. some of his former loves remember he says i can't quit you yeah. um which i'm trying to remember which one was it now it's probably quit? jake right because heath's character was very he's like i could quit i could quit uh, this yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was kind of his <laughs> yeah. whole attitude yeah, yeah. So, yeah i could i could keep yeah. it moving yeah um and he, so uh, Sean Marks didn't get Tyler Johnson, and then he finally did. Alan Crabb, he gave Alan Crabb a horrible contract, and then he traded for Alan Crabb whilst he was on that horrible contract. Um, 
Otto Porter Jr., he gave a massive deal to. The Wizards matched, and it ended up not being a great thing for the Wizards. But Otto Porter Jr., if you remove sort of the financials, this is what he was last year, 10-5-2, 38% from three. He's like 6-8, um, Last year was like his worst season as a pro since when he was a younger player. But like what does it take to get him? I would love Otto Porter Jr. Like if he's your ninth player, mm. if you can kind of get him there where he and he adds versatility to your lineup, he's not a small ball five ever. But what he is is a guy who can be your three, four wing shooter playing defense and is like the perfect role player. Mm-hmm. This is the point of Otto Porter's career where he, it's like, I don't think he's going to get a big contract. So maybe the Sean Marks relationship and Otto Porter Jr. went to Georgetown. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if he's from Maryland. I know KD didn't, but KD's plugged into the DMV basketball scene. Maybe they have a relationship. Mm. Um, love, love Otto wow. Porter Jr. Wow. Ryan, him. Ryan, you've, you've, you did something right here. Um, and then the second part to his question is vet minimum guy looking at James Johnson, another guy who has made a pretty penny the last few years and might be willing to hop on a true contender for less money and also played very little this year. So he might be fresh for next season. Um, I have James Johnson yeah. on my list. I have always loved James Johnson. I haven't talked about this to, to pretty much anybody. I whispered it into a jar, <laughs> screwed the t- tight, screwed the lid on tight and didn't tell anybody that I really like James sure. Johnson. It's a, it's a well-kept secret. Um, so I'm pro this, but I also don't know, uh, if he takes a vet minimum, seems like the kind of guy that would, it seems like he's at that point in his career. Um, I don't think he, I don't think he'll have any other option, but a vet minimum. Yeah. Like that's also sort of the calculus you have to do here. Right. It's mm -hmm. like who, where they are. So I like James Johnson, but like how many, how many roster spots are we talking about? Right. I mean, right. The Nets could potentially have a, a many, like they could potentially need five players this offseason, depending on how things shake out. Mm-hmm. Are those five guys getting time or are they going to be kind of people in and out of the lineup? I don't, you know, we, it's tough to predict. Like, is Bruce Brown coming back? What are they going to do with Spencer Dinwiddie signing trade? Is Blake coming back? Is Jeff Green coming back? Um, yeah. <laughs> I think James Johnson should be on like the third tier. If the first tier is like re sign all of the dudes. Yeah. If the second tier is like, Kind of the auto in my mind, Otto Porter's a tier above James Johnson. J- James Johnson should be like just right below that. Then, like veteran guys, you could be interested in, but they're not your first call on the start of free agency. I agree. Can I um, debut a guy who should be first call? Oh, real okay. quick, yeah, debut. Because I don't, I don't know if there's gonna be a mailbag question. Let's do it. Let's do a debutante so th- ball for this guy. <laughs> Wait, isn't that? Oh, I was thinking of uh, antebellum ball which is the thing that you don't want to it's the same kind of deal batch i, 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 I believe the bachelor I be, oh is that, yeah both yeah. racist oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> racist. well i don't know the debutante um, anyway i don't know enough i'll just sit on the sideline go ahead yeah. <laughs> by the way civil war was about slavery i don't know if uh you know I, that. It, I agree some people that. say it wasn't i think it was yeah um the a guy i absolutely love and i am very serious about it. it's a guy that i've loved for a long time in the nba and I've always wanted the Nets to have, and I've always wanted the Nets to have an approximate of this guy if they couldn't get this specific player. And I mean this wholeheartedly. The Nets should be targeting, with their taxpayer mid-level exception, the big $5 million a year contract that they can give to someone. 
Boban. Wow. Boban. Here's the deal. Okay. He only played eight minutes a game for the Dallas Mavericks. Hmm. Five points and four rebounds in those eight minutes. There's a reason why he's never played big minutes is that his body, I don't think, his body cannot handle big minutes. But the Nets need a big old dude on the roster. They can't Hmm. just have a bunch of small ball fives and skinny guys like Nick Claxton. They need a real center. Boban became so crucial for the Dallas Mavericks in the playoffs. Now, I would think that they would want him back. But if you could get Boban, he's been making below the mid-level exception recently. If you can get him for mid-level exception, which is like 5.5, he is a weapon on this team and the best vibes in mm, the NBA. Big vibes. And I don't think we can't forget as as kind of actually good vibes this season really was for the Nets. It's the Nets are in a precarious place in personalities. It could shift negatively quickly. Mm. So you want to continue to bring in the Jeff Greens, the Blake Griffins and the Bobons. You want to bring in good vibes, yeah. professional, happy and if I would just just envisioning a lineup of at various moments, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Boban, and Nick Claxton. Mm. Zone D. Wow. Give me the zone. Lockdown. Give me the two three Syracuse zone. Lock, lock it down. Oh my God. I would <laughs> they should I mean my my I pray that they they target a Boban. Yeah. Um, I like Pray. it. I like it. And just to circle back to the James Johnson thing, though I like James Johnson, I kind of, so I was, I did, I was doing a little bit of research on also guys like Mike Scott and, uh, yeah. you know, reading about him, like a lot of the Sixers guys are like, the problem with Mike Scott is that he's older now and he can only guard slower, more like center players. So he's not the same kind of like diverse defender that he used to be. I think James Johnson fits into a similar category as they as they age, their lateral foot speed, you know, gets gets less good, and then you're you're stuck being an undersized five again. And we have so many of those. So yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Um, and, and that's why James Johnson is just like, I know he's going to provide moments, but he's is he ever going to? Is there ever a moment when he'll actually be out there in crunch time for you? Like he's not Jay Crowder, right? Like he's a tier or four below that at this point. Um, next, next up, question. next up, your boy, Anthony Siniscalci. Siniscalci. Anthony says, hey, guys, love the show. I was looking through the free agent list as well as some trade targets. Do you guys think doing any, the homework? Any of these make sense? I'm just going to fire them off all at once. Please. And, well, actually, maybe I'm going to say if it's just no, a, just yes or no. No. Each one. Or give, uh, give a Gatling gun. No, just fire them all off. Then we'll, we'll dive in. <laughs> J.J. Redick, Dwight Howard, Carmelo Anthony, P.J. Tucker, <laughs> Nerlens Noel, Bismack Biombo. <laughs> what do you got? Anything Anything jumping out? So how offended do you think J.J. Redick would be if he doesn't become a Brooklyn Net? He's, he's going to take that to heart. It's going to be a whole thing. Um, it's going to be. I mean, here's the th- problem. I mean, it's and I'm on the fence about like his. I hate to say it, but his utility is he's getting quite old now, man. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, he was in. But he, do you. OK. Yeah. Go ahead. Do you trust him more than Landry Shamit? Because he's not. So we joked about him being the Joe Harris replacement if they traded Joe. 
he isn't. So if if you don't, if people don't know, I mean, obviously he played in New Orleans this past season, was traded to Dallas, and I don't think I, I, if he played at all, he barely played in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Like I think he was hurt or whatever or something. Uh, JJ shot thirty seven percent from three. So this isn't the guy that like no. that we used to think of as being one of the best shooters in the NBA. Like maybe he can still shoot really well from three, but. 37% is basically Landry Shamit territory. Yeah. He's not like the surest of things. And um, I mean, a big part of his, like the way that he would get open and stuff was his like off ball running around the whole game. That was like his, you know, he was one of these types of dudes. Um, that's a, that's a tool that declines over time. Um, you know, I don't know. I just, if you're right that it's, I mean, there's also a thing where it's like, he's playing in, he's in weird situations. And I, you know, I don't know if he ever played in Dallas and if he did, like if he was like incentivized to be, you know, shooting his best balls and all that stuff. I don't doubt that he could get up to the forties, you know, or like, you know, again, if he wanted to, but again, you're like, you're losing a lot. Um, you're leaving a lot on the table with, with JJ Redick, obviously on the defensive side of the ball, but just in general, like, you know, Landry Shamit. He's like what twenty four years old. Like there's there's the potential to see a lot more of that dude's game, and I just can't imagine a situation in which it'd be really like we need JJ in over Landry right now. We just gotta get we just gotta get him out. We gotta get JJ in. You know, I I think so. I still think it's very possible that JJ Redick is still on the team because he is a, like if he's a veteran minimum guy, that's that's fine. Like if he's your guy, the only thing is he doesn't. He's not a defender at this point. He's not a ball handler. Like, he really is just your bench shooter in lineups where, like, when Harden is running the bench unit, you put J.J. Redick in the corner and maybe running off-ball screens with whoever else is on the floor. And, like, he provides utility and and a, and a threat there. But really, it's like, if he didn't live in Brooklyn and didn't have a very popular podcast... I really don't think we'd be talking about JJ Reddick going in the Nets. You know, is. like because he doesn't. The Nets really don't need him. But sometimes these these ideas get momentum, even mm-hmm. in NBA front offices. And I could see him being there. But the other names listed as well, Dwight Howard. I'd say no. Yeah, hard no. I I don't see his person. Like I think him and Harden hate each other. It's a problem. Yeah. So I don't see it happening. Carmelo Anthony. I actually. I do like the idea of Carmelo only because like the Nets, if they had Carmelo in that Bucks series would have beat the Bucks. Mm. He doesn't provide any defense, but he is, he's evolved to the point where as a bench scorer, like he is pretty effective. Um, That's always like, been, it's always been his thing. How much bench, how much scoring do you need? If you have a healthy Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving and James Harden, you don't, but um, you like it would be a good thing to have if mm-hmm. you if you was like, hey, I just want to move back to New York and play with these superstars and have fun. I like the idea. I don't know if though. Like, I still think it's not a perfect fit, but I think it's good. Do you? Does Carmelo interest you? Um, yeah. I mean, like, if it's truly like a vet minimum deal, like, I I think it's actually a pretty slick move. Um. As as like a you know you're having Carmelo Anthony as your eighth man especially like and I, people players seem to quite like Carmelo Anthony despite how he seems yes. from the outside looking in like he's got uh you know the the player on player mojo working um so I don't think it's going to be like a conflict of interest he seems to have really embraced being a you know 
utility player at this point. Um, so of the people on this list, I think that that's a, like a decent idea. I think the Nerland's Newell thing, uh, and I'll also just patch in Mitchell Robinson, although that's a very different um, financial situation because he's also a free agent, um, I believe, this year. Uh, I don't know. So he, but he's also coming off a a broken foot. I had the same. I had the same injury, the Jones fracture, as Mitchell Robinson. So if he wants to connect on that level, I'm here for you. Mm, uh, but so that type of player is interesting to me. Um, again, I think like the next, like I, I prefer to watch Nick Claxton evolve into that than pay. You know, any like. Well, I think Nerlens Noel is going to get some money because he was good enough. Yeah. With oh yeah. Both yeah. of them. I think both of them are he in was the, good more with, in the DeAndre Mitch Jordan. Robinson has like a, a qualifying offer. I think he the, oh, okay. the Knicks still control him for this upcoming season. Got it. Okay. It looks so, like. So, but either either way, like, I wonder if they have to make, I mean, they kind of have to make a decision on that. Like, do they, I mean, they want to, the basically like players with so overlapping skill sets like that? Maybe they do. I mean, I don't know. Seems like if, if one goes down, you can just insert the other and, and keep going because that's what happened. But um, yeah, I mean. Also, well, to me, seems like a guy who's going to get, the taxpayer mid-level ex- like he's going to get some money. I agree because so and Mitch Robinson's going to get an extension, and with the Knicks' decision is like, do we trade him now and get out? Like, do we get away from the, paying him whatever? How much money you have to pay Mitchell Robinson? Yeah, which I don't know what you do with that, but. And then the last one, Bismack Biombo. I it's fun to think about. It. He's as a player, I like really detest Bismack Biombo, <laughs> just because he's such a wrecking ball. But um, you know, it's not the worst thing to have on this team. It's a I haven't I have a I have a prejudice against Bismack. But I'll just say like I just I've always disliked his like his complete lack of skill. Um, and and players like that I've generally disliked in the past who are kind of like there to you know, stat pad for rebounds, things like that. Like, I don't love it. Reggie Evans. Uh, Reggie Evans comes to mind. How did you know? You. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I think like that kind of, that form of utility player is like, if you, if you want to do that, like I, I go Reggie Evans over Bismack Biombo again. Like I'm just, I want to pull from our young guys a little bit more um, just as a theme in general for this stuff. But I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. I, 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 I gotta be honest. I haven't seen Bismack Biombo play for like, a thousand years. Like yeah. I, I, I remember him getting that big contract and then immediately he plays, being horrible. Dude, he played pretty well. Let's see. Not, um, not well. I mean, he played, he played a lot. Yeah. And like, so my whole thing with like the net center situation, which is why I love Boban is that like, I really don't want them to go like sort of that. Like I don't want a small ball five. Not that Biombo is classically a center. He's not that tall, but like he's always been a center at this point. I still really would aim more towards like there's this guy I love in the draft, which is getting too much buzz. And everyone who follows us on at BK Glue Guys knows I'm tweeting about this guy. Uh, I, I don't know how to pronounce his name correctly, but it's Nemias uh, Keita. Uh, he's a Portuguese big man who played for Utah State for three years. He just to let everyone in on my my draft process here, and mm. it's flawless because I've always been able to pick out gems. Uh, when I drafted teams, is you look at if you're looking for defenders who are big, look at blocks and steals, because uh, what most people don't realize is that a steal is like the assist of defense in some ways. Where if you're a big man and you're getting steals, that means that like you're kind of you're doing more than just standing by the rim. It means you're more active because you're you're getting out there. Your hands are quicker usually if you're getting steals. Not all the time, but sometimes. And he's like a 18. 10, like 
two, three blocks a game and two steals a game. Mm. And I love him. Um, and uh, so I don't, Bismack Biombo at this point, it's like, I don't know. I'd rather have a Boban. Like, I'd rather overpay for Boban a little bit than than get like cheap Bismack Biombo and be like, Ugh, I don't know if I really want him on the floor ever again. Fair. Um, we There's a big out there that a lot of Nets fans have tweeted about. Okay. That, that we that hasn't been discussed yet. I don't know if he's in the emails, but Enos Cantor. Um, Enos Cantor is the classic type of center, big man who destroys the Nets at every opportunity he gets. Um, would you want? Do you, does he make sense in your mind as being someone that that would fill a role in this team? So whenever again, we this is like a bias because to your what you were saying, he does like disproportionately kick the Nets' butts for some reason, though. Everywhere he goes, there seems to be a pretty polarizing player, and yes. uh, he's not. He doesn't have. He's never had a really long term gig, um, or at least not in the last couple of years. Um, so <clears throat> I'm sort of. <laughs> I don't trust my opinion on Anna Scanner. That's sort of <laughs> on Anna Scanner. Um, I just don't think he. Um, like, so it, it seems to be sort of, it's a, kind of an interesting parallel because like of the Bismack Biombo, but like a better version of that, but still like kind of a wrecking ball that's less athletic, bigger, uh, but still like, I imagine probably going to be a, a player that frustrates me quite a bit. If I had to guess, that's <laughs> that's going to be where, where he falls. And, and all the myth is about Boban and, but, but Canner too, it's like the Nets best defensive success is when they were switching everything and a, a, the, the one thing, maybe why Biombo is more interesting is that he can switch where, uh, to some degree, where Canner, like, if he's switching on to any guard in the NBA, he's going to get roasted. And the thing about Canner, too, um, is that, like, he weirdly has, like, big night. Like, he'll still, to this day, have, like, a 20-20 night somehow out of his butt. Like, he'll just do, <laughs> yeah. like, which, which Bismarck Biombo will never, ever do. Um, it's a funny comparison, but um, we'll go with it. Next up, Cherboy. Matthew Abramowitz um, says, hey, guys, here's the situation. It's a good question. You have the option of keeping two of these three, Jeff Green, Bruce Brown, Blake Griffin. Who do you choose? And off of that, if you have to replace Jeff Green, who are the ideal targets? Um, I disagree with the premise that you have to replace a Jeff Green if you're getting – because, you know, there's – that's – I love Jeff Green, and I think I might of the three. We'll get into it. I, but, I mean, I think we yeah. both would, we both would say Bruce Brown is I on our list of two or three. So it comes down to Jeff Green or Blake Griffin. Yeah. Um, and I don't think necessarily that will that that like that you could actually probably keep Blake and Jeff Green. They both won Vedment. But who do, who do you rather have for for the playoffs for the long long season? Would you rather have Jeff Green or Blake? Can I add a little bit to this? Like you were saying, Boban Boban came alive like in the playoffs where he didn't play at all during the regular season for the most part, and but he was like a pretty necessary little like insert. I mean, not they They played him with Kristaps Porzingis. It was great, which was amazing. But and this is and I this is going to be I'm preparing you to hear some blasphemy here. I feel like there's a little bit of the flip side of that with Bruce Brown, which is that he's very playable in the regular season and then can be exploited to some extent until he figures out how to cover up some some spots in his game on offense in the playoffs sure. where people really drill down on what people can and can't do. Um, so for me, I think Bruce Brown is obviously like he's got a cool and interesting ceiling, but in in lieu of like a real solution to some of his, you know, if he adds ball handling and playmaking to, to what he can do, I think he's like 
buy him like way awesome, great fit. Like if he can just add like that next little level of like if he spent the whole off season just dribbling and passing, then great. We could have, we could really do something here. But uh, short of that, like it is a little bit. I was a little bit like, oh, can we play Bruce Brown for this amount of minutes yeah. against the Bucks right now? Are we going to be able to do that? Where I never ever feel that way about Jeff Green or Blake Griffin. Um, Blake Griffin's also a young man. He's thirty two. Isn't Jeff Green about that age too? Let's see. I thought he was older, but I could be wrong. But, but I understand what you're saying about Bruce Brown. I think Bruce Bruce impacts the game in multiple levels, but he does have like the flaws that that as he should, as being like a former second round pick and a guy who was probably thrust into a role that obviously the Nets weren't expecting because they didn't play him to start the year. What's Jeff Green age? He's going to be 35 next next season. Starting Jeez, season. Old dog. Yeah, old dog. dog. He's a crusty dog. Um, it, I So I still would – I to me, Bruce Brown's a lock, though. If we're, if we're doing this exercise, keeping two out of three, Bruce Brown's a lock, and it comes down to Jeff Green and Blake, in my mind. Man, this is hard. I almost feel like the Nets got lucky with how well Blake played for stretches of the playoffs – where Jeff Green feels more repeatable. Like he's a better shooter. Um he's he's a bit more laterally athletic and obviously he's he's become a better dunker than Blake. Uh Bob Blake can still dunk. It's really really tough. I want to say Jeff Green in my head, but Blake can do more things. And I kind of like that Blake became this like pest in the playoffs and that he was like real willing to do the dirty work and all that stuff. Um, Man, it's really hard. It's really hard. It's really hard. What's your answer? Tell me. I actually, this is going to blow people's minds. I might go Jeff Green and Blake Griffin. I might, <gasps> I might now I've may, I may have talked cause like Bruce Brown's, you know, depending on what his number is, I might that might get unappealing at some point, and not unappealing because sure. he's always appealing. There's always Bruce Brown will always appeal, but if that number gets up to ticks up to like nine million a year, which is possible, it's totally possible, probably even. I, you know, that's what I, I call Bruce Brown Rudy Giuliani because he'll always appeal. Yeah, <laughs> nice, solid. Um, and in in just in terms of like basketball on court product. <laughs> That was a good yeah, joke. You're on fire. You're on fire. That was a good joke. I get it. We got to do more early pods. This is when you're at your best. You get your. You're, you're really <laughs> I'm like lo- lounging here yeah. on the floor. You've got great. great energy. Um, this is a long. This is a long pod, and I don't know. Is it like a two parter? Does this could, have I, the energy of a two parter? This could be a two parter, and I'm, we also might want to just dip off and save the next part for for the next show when you and I get together. Sure. Yeah. Can I do one last bit? Um, I shouldn't do this bit. I should. I should save it. Well, I should say, well, let's do the thing. I'm going to say Jeff Green and and Blake Griffin. I'm just going to say it. I'm, I'm going to have the the waybos okay. to say that to those two guys on a vet men is going to be super valuable. I love Bruce Brown. It, it pains me to say this, but if he's getting paid nine million dollars a year and we have to match, it's a problem. Yeah. I so in reality, I think Bruce Brown's gone, and I think both Blake and Jeff Green come back. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in my dream scenario, I think it's Bruce Brown definitely comes back, and then, oh God. I guess I should say Blake. Like I should say from like, if you were picking a basketball team from scratch, you would still say Blake at this point over Jeff Green. So I'll say Blake. There it is. So bye, Jeff. Friend of the show, Jeff Green. So we have 
Three more emails that I had sanctioned off. Two from, you know, our Mount Rushmore. We can save this for the next pod because this is going long. We're, we're already long and we can keep, yeah, yeah. Can keep it going. Yeah. Yeah. We'll save it for the next pod. But, um, and I've got some more targets possibly. And I'll, I'll sprinkle them out through, throughout rate another show. But just to recap, basically what we figured out is Otto Porter is going to be a net. Boban's going to be a net. The Nets are sign and trading Spencer Dinwiddie to the Sixers to bring back Ben Simmons uh, in a crazy trade. Yeah. And um, the Nets are going to win the next four NBA championships. Percent, honestly, percent chance that we're the team that starts engaging for the Ben Simmons talk. I feel like it's it's of, of teams that can do this. I feel like we're weirdly in a good position. I know it sounds crazy to talk about, but. Well, okay. Can I do a couple? Let's do a couple. This is the conspiracy theory part of this thing. Again, so Ben Simmons is part of Clutch, and Clutch would probably like to angle Ben Simmons. And I mean, they would probably love to have him on the Lakers or Clippers. Maybe not. I guess maybe not the Clippers, but like somewhere big. They would like Ben Simmons to continue to be like a really prominent star in the NBA. Um, the minute that like Chris Haynes would tweet out, sources say. A dark horse team has emerged in the Ben Simmons sweepstakes, and it's the Brooklyn Nets. People would lose their minds. Like, remember how angry people got when Blake Griffin, when mm. it was rumored that he was going to be a net? Right. Um, it would be 10 times that. Right. Um, he would fit on this team amazingly well mm-hmm. because his his he his lack of shooting wouldn't mean anything because he would be screening. He'd be setting up in certain spots. Oh, you know what? He, we we just talked about this. It's Bruce Brown with handles who's actually big enough to play the position. That's yes. Yeah. He's he, they they basically send Ben Simmons Bruce Brown tape and say, <laughs> This is what you're gonna do. Yeah. But you're gonna be better than Bruce Brown because you're Ben Simmons. Yeah. Um the trade could happen it could work. Now the question is does Daryl Morey really want to send Ben Simmons to Brooklyn, right? Like, like you're, you're basically giving up. <laughs> yeah. You're like, uh, like I'm going to, unless if you really think Ben Simmons is so bad that he would sabotage what the, what the nuts are doing. Yeah. The other factor, and this is completely, I understand that this is such a, uh, a myopic view, mm. such a small minded American mindset we're of just, foreign relations. We're just humans. We're just humans. Sean Marks is from New Zealand and Ben Simmons is from Australia. (laughs) That's hilarious. And I understand completely that, that that is like, that is actually like saying, (laughs) uh, I am from America and someone's from Panama. Like the distance between the two countries Mm -hmm. I'm sure is massive and there's no relation, but in my mind, New Zealand and Australia are Boys. Brother boys. and sister. Yeah, those are boys. And and Sean Marks probably has known Ben Simmons or known about him for a long time, uh, like anyone. And like, <laughs> is there some uh, soothsaying? Is that the, the phrase? There, is there some sort of Marks Pacific, mm. South Pacific Islander magic yeah. that he could impart? Right, um, because here's what you want to do that, is you want to get Sean Marks to pour that 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 kiwi poison in his ear right so that he requests the trade specifically and then gives you more leverage that's that's how you get the leverage there's more direct flights out of jfk 
to Sydney than there are from whatever terrible airport is in Philadelphia. I actually don't know that. Um, what what's the airport in Philadelphia? I don't know. I, it's it's very prominent. I pass it every time. It's like really, it's on the way. It feels like it's on the way to everywhere when you're when you're down yeah. there. Um, anyway, so so that's the deal. That's what, that's what we figured Lock out. Lock it in. This is becoming a two-parter. So there's going to be more emails and a whole lot more of what we actually think on the next episode, the next riveting episode of The Glue Guys, Mike. Isn't that true? Do you agree with that? Yeah. You yeah. can find us on HBO Max. Yeah. Um, we, are, we are also streaming live on CNN. Yep. And uh, thank you for listening. Thanks, everybody. More soon. Bye.